This is the Week in Addiction Medicine, a podcast resource of timely news and top stories brought to you by the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM. Today's Tuesday, February 6th, and I'm Claire Rasmussen. Our lead story this week in BMC Public Health is titled Polysubstance Mortality Trends in White and Black Americans During the Opioid Epidemic 1999-2018. to The authors found that psychostimulant and benzodiazepine involvement were more common among white persons, while cocaine-related deaths were higher among black persons. Overdose deaths have increased faster among black persons from 2013. Overall, overdose deaths frequently involve multiple substances and can't simply be attributed to opioids. The authors give three policy implications for their findings. The first is that polysubstance use should be considered the norm. The second is that addressing racial disparities requires interventions across primary, secondary, and tertiary prevention. And the third, the authors stress the importance of measures to address fentanyl specifically. Our next study, in a journal of substance use, is titled A Qualitative Exploration of the Potential Role of Using Online Social Media Support Communities to Increase Initiation of Medications for Opioid Use Disorder. In this qualitative study, the authors interviewed persons with OUD as well as family members of persons with OUD and key stakeholders to address the potential for a peer-led online community for persons with OUD. All three groups supported an online peer-led community, believing peers would be more empathetic to persons with OUD. Other potential benefits expressed included convenience, sense of anonymity, and ease of speaking online to others versus in-person. Next, we have a study in the Journal of Addiction Medicine titled Substance Use Overdose Deaths Among Black and Indigenous Women in Wisconsin. In Wisconsin, overdose deaths increased 11-fold from 2000 to 2020, with over 1,200 deaths in 2020 alone. Death rates in 2018 were 14.1 per 100,000 for white women, 20.8 for black women, and 26.5 for Indigenous women. These rates increased in 2020 to 16.4, 32.5, and 59.9 for white, black, and indigenous women, respectively. The study confirms that deaths in Wisconsin are disproportionately higher in female-minoritized populations. Next is a study titled Structural Indices of Brain Aging in Methamphetamine Use Disorder in Drug and Alcohol Dependence. In this study, MRI images were used to assess overall brain volume volume of white matter lesions, and choroid plexus volume. All three are known predictors of brain biological age and cognitive impairment. Increased white matter lesions are also a predictor of stroke. The authors note that the increased brain age and resulting cognitive impairment in those with MUD may impede the behavioral treatments for the disorder. Our next study in drug and alcohol dependence is titled Methamphetamine Use, shortens telomere length in male adults and rats. This study examined the effect of methamphetamine use on telomere length in human users of methamphetamine as well as rats provided methamphetamine. In human users of methamphetamine, telomere length was significantly shorter compared to match controls. Furthermore, those with severe methamphetamine use had greater reductions in telomeres than those with less severe use. Similar results were found in rats. Our next article in Drug and Alcohol Dependence Reports is titled 
Equity of Overdose Education and Naloxone Distribution Provided in the Kentucky Healing Communities Study. As overdose education and naloxone distribution, or OEND, programs are rolled out, there is concern that they may not equitably reach target populations. Healing Communities Study, or HCS, in Kentucky implemented OEND and a hub with many-spoke strategy. When comparing the population that received OEND between 2020 and 2022 with the opioid overdose deaths population, the study found that the overall demographics between the two groups were similar, suggesting target populations were reached. However, males and non-Hispanic Black individuals were more likely to receive OEND in criminal justice settings while females were more likely to receive it in treatment facilities. These differences likely reflect significant disparities in the criminal justice system, as well as in drug policy and access to treatment. Next, we have an article in JAMA Oncology titled Substance Use Disorders Among U.S. Adult Cancer Survivors. In this cross-sectional study of over 6,000 adult cancer survivors, the overall prevalence of active substance use disorder was approximately 4%, with higher prevalence in some subpopulations, including survivors of head and neck cancer and esophageal and gastric cancer. Alcohol use disorder was the most common substance use disorder. Findings of this study highlight subpopulations of adult cancer survivors who may benefit from efforts to integrate cancer and addiction, and addiction care. Our final article in the New England Journal of Medicine is titled, Effective Treatment for Opioid Use Disorder, Finding Recovery and Staying Safe. In this double-take video from the New England Journal of Medicine and NEJM Knowledge, Jennifer Foreman and her son, Dylan Glover, recount their journey through Dylan's addiction and recovery. Ms. Foreman, along with Sarah Bagley and Scott Hadland, review available medications for opioid use disorder and their mechanisms. They emphasize that multiple types of healthcare providers, including those in primary care, can manage and treat opioid use disorder. LJ Punch, a harm reduction program, also offers suggestions for harm reduction and guidance on how to best respond to an overdose. This concludes today's episode of This Week in Addiction Medicine. Remember to subscribe to the ASAM Weekly for more exclusive content and our editor's commentary delivered every Tuesday. Be sure to check us out on social media and asam.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.